0: We're not going to read that today, probably. Um, but they were trying to find spiritual meaning. And when they found what they were truly hungry for, Jesus, they received Jesus. Maybe the truth could be just that simple today. You know, there's all kinds of spiritual activity on the rise again in our culture. People are going deep into Witchcraft, spiritual experiences, even just like astrology and stuff like that, they're they're all in. But maybe many are just looking for a truth and haven't been presented with Jesus yet. They simply need someone to present Jesus so they can find the answer they're looking for. I think it's also really important. Now, I didn't, I could reread this whole passage because I'm pulling all this straight out of that. Story from Acts chapter 9. To note that in this story, that the gospel that Philip brought as he shared with them about Jesus came with kingdom power. It wasn't separate ideas. It was one and the same. But when he talked about Jesus, there was power released. Because the true gospel of Jesus is kingdom power. It's the natural byproduct it is the norm now you're getting really quiet okay they weren't just presented with information when philip came the message came with a manifestation of the kingdom of god which was exactly what jesus had i'm sorry exactly what philip had seen jesus do this was not a new idea I was like, hey, why don't we think about the power coming with the gospel? Philip had never seen anything different. Unfortunately, I think some of us have seen something different. We've heard a lot. We've had a lot of information. We've had a lot of uh, defense and apologetics, which is all essential. But we've seen it many times divorced from the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was never meant to be that. Wherever Jesus went, you see him healing sick people. You see him casting out demons. You see him bringing comfort to the oppressed. You see him loving the unlovely. There were very supernatural, heavenly realities that accompanied him wherever he went. So Philip learned from the master, and as he talked about the master, he, he demonstrated the same. He let Jesus be Jesus in him as he carried the Holy Spirit and the power of God into Samaria it was the same ministry of Jesus. And it's the same ministry we're supposed to bring wherever we go. Same. Same Jesus. Same Jesus. Same Jesus. He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He'll, he'll never change. The true gospel of Jesus has kingdom power as the byproduct. But here's, here's an even Better thought on that. Because sometimes I hear people talk about Jesus, and sometimes I hear people talk about the kingdom of God, and sometimes I hear people talk about the power of God, and it's like they're three separate ideas. They're the same. It's all Jesus. At the end of the day, you know what the kingdom of God, who sums up the kingdom of God, is Jesus. He is the king, He is the kingdom of God, He is the destination point. Every sign points to Him. Every wonder causes us to look at him. So if there are signs and wonders being done, they all point to one thing. They point to Jesus. The gospel is Jesus. The signs and wonders are about Jesus. The power comes from Jesus. Are we good? Now let's keep reading. Verse 14. Thank you. Thank you for that. Now, verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God... They sent, now I, I don't want to beat this one, but it just, this is revolutionary how they are responding to Samaria. Okay, that's all I want to say about that. When they heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, verse 15, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, hallelujah, they had been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. We'll just keep reading a couple more verses. When Simon saw that the Spirit was giving, at the laying of the, on of the apostles' hands, he offered their money and said, Give me also this ability, that everyone whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to read his whole story, but he got a swift rebuke. <laughs> not a kind rebuke, a swift rebuke. And uh, they set him in his place. First, skip. skip to the end. Verse 25, After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Oh, that is so, so cool. All right, we're going to stop reading there. So Peter and John come from, you know, HQ in in Jerusalem, essentially, to see what's going on. They're like, gospel's bearing fruit in Samaria. People are getting baptized. Let's, Let's go see what's going on. Let's go, so, and how Jesus had come and changed their hearts, they were getting baptized, how awesome is that? And so they come to share with them the Holy Spirit, it says there, what we just read, the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them. Now, it's really important, Uh, we, we talk about this for a second, it's not that they did not have Holy Spirit, they would not have come to faith in Jesus, they would not have been saved if not for the Holy Spirit. Okay? (laughs) Amen? Um, No one comes to faith in Jesus by grace through faith except by the Holy Spirit. No human spirit and soul can be regenerated unless the Holy Spirit comes to live and take up residence on the inside. So they had the Holy Spirit. They were regenerated. They were new believers. They were carrying the new nature. They were carrying the righteousness of God. They were no longer spiritually dead. They were spiritually alive. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit had come and brought them to life on the inside. Now, so for whatever reason, however, they had not been presented with the idea that God didn't just want to come reside on the inside, but he also wanted to come upon them to live out through them. Philip should have had a little discussion, but the apostles should have been, hey, bro, you're walking in the power of God, you're sharing Jesus There's more for them, you know, but that's not in the story. Hopefully, he had a a backroom conversation, too. But the believers had not been presented with this idea yet. So Peter and John, when they show up on the scene, they're rejoicing at salvation. They said, guys, there's more for you, too. It's what we experienced. It's what you've seen Peter walk, I'm sorry, Philip walking in. And we want every last one of you to have it, too. Isn't that awesome? Because um, God does want that. He does come in to indwell every believer. There is not anyone with true faith and true salvation in Jesus that does not have the Holy Spirit. I'm saying that because some people get really whacked out about this stuff. There, there, you cannot be a believer and not have the Holy Spirit. It's just impossible. Okay? So as it has said, how do we explain what's going on here? And I've heard it put this way. God comes and, and lives in you for you to, to give you power to live different, to overcome old ways of thinking, old ways of living, to live a holy life. To really, the best thing about the Holy Spirit coming to live inside of us is that it empowers us to actually walk in fellowship with God. We can be friends of God forever because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside. I love that. We've been cleansed of sin, empowered to walk holy, to know him. These things are the best of the best gifts. So he comes inside you for you, but he also wants to come upon you to make you a witness. He wants to come upon you for the people around you. Okay, so he's in you for you. He's on you for them. That's the idea. He said, when he made the promise in Acts chapter 1, you will receive power to be my witness. They already were saved. They already had the Holy Spirit. They already believed. But you'll get power to make you a witness, to empower you to walk and essentially to take on the ministry of Jesus. That's what it means to be a witness, that your life starts looking like Jesus' life. And this is what they had not yet been given faith for. That's my interpretation of what's going on here. So, so that the works Jesus did could be done through you and me. That, that's what they're talking about. As we see, and I would have been like, like you've been watching Philip do. It's not just for him, it's for you. So Peter and John lay their hands, they pray for the people, and all who were there received this power from on high. All of them. You see that, right? I wasn't like, some of them walked away like, oh man, I guess I gotta wait till the next prayer. You know, it didn't work. It didn't work for me. It works. It works every time. You know why? Because God made a promise. I will pour out my spirit. And so any who ask will receive. Do you believe that? I was gonna say it again. Any who ask will receive. You know, I wanna say that because we, we get these ideas of, of what it has to look like. And it's so funny if you read through the whole book of Acts, it never looks the same. All we know is that something happened. It was evident to them that something had happened. When they laid their hands on them, something was different. Now, maybe it was as in Acts chapter 2 when now look, this this is how you know there are no formulas, right? Cuz in Acts chapter 2, Jesus told them, "All go, wait. I'm going to send the promise of the Father. It's coming. Just wait." I don't know, I can't tell you when, but it's going to come, so go and wait. So they're, they're in a, a prayer meeting for several days. I mean, that, that's what we assume is happening. We know they're all together in one place, and when God's ready, he sends the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, there's like tongues of fire that land on all of them, and they all begin to prophesy and speak another language, or speak in tongues, if you will. And so all of them do, and it's a ruckus. There's even like sounds of wind, and people from all around come to hear the noise, and they hear about Jesus in their own language. It's a whole moment. It's a whole moment. These people didn't have anyone lay hands on them. <laughs> they didn't have anyone preach to them. Okay, fast forward to different parts of the book, the book of Acts, where it happens one point, Peter's just preaching the gospel, and he, it says that as was preaching, the Holy Spirit falls on them all. Wait, I thought you had to, like, wait for the tongues of fire, or don't you have to lay your hands on them? No, there's no formula. It's a promise that God gives when we expect because God's a good father, and he gives good gifts to his children. Are you guys good with where you get what I'm saying right now? Um, so all we actually know is that something was different, and they knew they'd all received, and, and it must have been powerful, because Simon tried to buy it. <laughs> He's like, whoa, this is amazing. I want to do that, and they're like, bro, it doesn't work like that. Like, they gave him real good, real good rebuke, um, but we have a problem in that, you know, we we try to set up formulas and expectations and what that end, has ended up doing. And I'm saying this because I've experienced lots of different people, lots of different Christians who have different experiences. And because this hasn't been, I don't think, dealt with well sometimes, we create haves and have-nots. Or or we get into a mentality where there's a box that you check, you know. And so if, if we're going to expect and ask God for... Uh, the Holy Spirit to come upon this, or the phrase that Jesus says, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, what that looks like is ABC. But the book of Acts doesn't give an ABC. It has like an ABCDEFGXJKLMNPQRSTUVWXYZ. So if you don't get ABC, you didn't get it? No, that's wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. And I'm gonna tell you, it's so simple how to get it. But I just wanna say that because some people think, you, you ask God for it, and it didn't look like how it happened for the people in Acts 2. Or it didn't look like how it happened in Acts 8. Or somebody tells you their story, and you're like, God, I want that, what that person happened had to them. Make it happen to me. And when it doesn't happen, you're like, God left me out. And that is 100% wrong. The answer is so simple. But I don't even leave you hanging on that for just a second. Because uh, then the other side of the, the coin is... Um, if we, we create these boxes, we create haves and have-nots. But also, if you have an expectation of, I know I have received, <laughs> then we just check the box on our card. Well, that happened to me once. I'm good. And I just want to tell you, too, that's just as wrong. Yeah, I was in that meeting 35 years ago, and, like, this really powerful thing, and I was on the floor, and check, got my, my card. I'm baptizing the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's wrong. That's, that's not what the Bible teaches. All right, And I'm a little tongue-in-cheek, but um, you never know, because there's, there's not a formula. But there are promises. There are promises. I want to share with you uh, the promises and the encouragement of the Lord here in this. Um, I was going to tell you, uh, my story is very interesting. None, none of the things that, that, are, that are in here are how it happened for me. Nobody taught me about it. No one came to me explained to me. Peter and John did not show up for me. Um, but the Holy Spirit did. I, I was a first time. Because then I have other times like, well, was that it? Was that it? Was that it? Because it? it? it's never just one time. But I was alone in my room, and I was just praying and seeking God one day, and the Holy Spirit came in, and it, like, it was awesome. And then I'm speaking languages I never learned before. And I found out a mm, long time later I told somebody about it because I didn't know who I could tell. Uh, it just sounded really weird to me. Like I knew it was in the Bible. Like, oh, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, and then I was at a fall retreat, and I had this powerful encounter with God, and my, my awesome friend, a small group leader, mentor, comes to me like, oh, I think you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I thought that happened before. Well, the answer is yes, 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 and yes, and you know what? It can happen and should happen maybe, maybe every day. Okay, so I told you. I want to make this simple for you. How do we know, and how do we get it, Oh, I love this part. Are you ready for this part? It's Jesus' words in Luke chapter 11. He's teaching his disciples how to pray. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 13. He says this, So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. You know what? Let's just stop there. Would you just say that with me? Everyone who asks, receives. I'm going to keep reading. To the one who seeks... One who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Now, see where this conversation goes. He didn't change his mind. He's still talking about the same thing. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Obvious answer, no. Um, If he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? No. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, slow down, will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So how do I get it, and how do I know if I got it? Did you ask the Father to give you the Holy Spirit, to come upon you with power from on high, to make you his witness? Then you got it. (laughs) Let me just read that again. How much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. And make sure you say the right words and have all the right manifestations. And make sure it's really a good story that you can tell someone later, otherwise it didn't happen. Nope, and nope, and nope. How do I know if I've received the Holy Spirit? Did you ask? God says you received. But, 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 well, is there more? Yeah. Don't just ask once. Ask and keep asking. Knock and keep knocking. Seek and keep seeking. Because everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. All right, so we so simplified the process here. You just ask because God promised he would give it, and he'll give it. But it's not just a one-time thing. Okay, this is the, pr- the plan, the promise, the process that I told you, the two things. Ephesians chapter 5, if you're ready. I'm just going to put up here. You don't have to turn there. I have a little bit of context here. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15. Paul's writing to the Ephesians. Now, for context, I just want to tell you, the Ephesian culture that he's writing to is very godless. It was, uh, there was a lot of uh, ungodliness, false. God worship sin. It was all up in there. The Ephesian believers were living in the midst of all of it. Many of them had come just out of it. <laughs> and this is his instruction to them. Be very careful then how you live, not as wise but as unwise but as wise. So put that as the title. This is wisdom in life. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, this is the part I wanted to say, be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to keep reading, though. Uh, Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now back up. I'm going to read verse 18 again, Ephesians 5, 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now that be filled, actually the tense of the verb, is better said like this. Be being filled. Be consistently always filled. And let's just put it in context to what Paul was writing here. He said, um, don't get drunk with wine, you know, but... It leads to bad things. Be filled with the Spirit. How many of you know someone who got drunk and they only did it once? I mean, that would be the right choice. That was a bad choice. I'm not going to do that again. But people who drink, drink all the time, don't they? Like, if you're going to drink, you drink. If you want to get drunk, you're going to get drunk. So don't think that I'm going to be filled with the Spirit one time and be like, oh, that was a bad choice. Be like, I'm going to be being filled with the Spirit. I'm going to consistently, constantly be taking, let's put it this way, a drink of the Spirit. And then what will be the outflow of that when I be being filled? In other words, like I said, this could be your everyday reality to imbibe, if you will, the Holy Spirit and His power so that it's coming out of your life to the world around you. Because it sounds to me like this isn't a one-time thing. It sounds to me like this is your lifestyle. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the, what's going to happen? It will change the way you live. That's why it keeps going. You're gonna, then when you're filled with the Spirit, it's going to change the way you talk to people. <laughs> Speaking to one another in Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Well, that's not natural. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit's coming out of you. The way you talk to people is different. The way you talk about people is different. Your language changes when you're full of the Holy Spirit. So it changes your, your thinking, too. It's the, you're going to sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. It changes your heart chemistry when you're drinking daily of the Holy Spirit. This is this? Are you following? So it changes your, your speech, your thought processes. It changes your heart chemistry. And then it says you will always be giving thanks to the Lord through Jesus Christ. It changes your attitude in life, in fact, when you be being filled, when you be being filled. And how many of you know we need that? We need God to influence. We need to be under the influence of the Spirit of God in the way that we speak to one another, in the way that we think about one another, the way we feel in our hearts about the world around us. We need to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it's really, really easy to get stuck in places of pain, or acting out of frustration, or, or looking at the world and feeling hopeless. Well, let me tell you, those are symptoms that you're not Ephesians 5.18-ing. You can call it that if you want. I just made that up. You need a daily drink of the Spirit of God. How do I do that? Lord, Fill me with your spirit. Ask, you shall receive. And then ask again, and ask again, and ask again. It will change you from the inside out. Sometimes you need to stop in the moment and ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, before you respond in certain situations, you need to pause. And be filled with the Spirit. Before you make that phone call, before you send that text, before you Facebook rant, be filled with the Spirit so it changes the way you think, the way you speak, the way you feel, the way you act. This is heavenly provision for an abundant life. This is what God has given us to enjoy every single day. And I hope that you have multiple flashpoints, like I was referring to in my own life. But I hope even more that you just... Make a commitment to be filled every day. Do you make a commitment to ask the Lord today, fill me afresh? You know why? Because I understand that I need it. I don't just want it, I need it. I will not live out my life as a witness without the power of God. I cannot do it in my own strength, and neither can you. Okay? Now I want to, I said I wanted to put this in context to our current cultural moment. And I did a little, like we're, we're spiritual beings, we're hungry for spiritual things. But uh, I want to point out one other thing that, that I think is so relevant. So it's going to feel like a little bit of a turn, but it, it's, it's not. It, it, it matters. It's, it's part of the plan. It's part of God's promise. So I got to skip a bunch of my other notes to get there. I want to talk about the generation we're living in right now. Um, I, I've referenced this in my intro today, and just like how it seems like there's an onslaught upon our children, especially, um, you know, and it's not hard to see it. <laughs> um, but I felt like we got we got a, a breakthrough revelation a couple weeks ago at a Wednesday prayer. Um, you know, we were praying specifically for Gen Alpha, um, and if you don't know these terms, I find them mildly interesting. I have a sociology minor, um, but uh, Gen Alpha, the sociologists are kind of pointing from like 2014 to present. Before that's Gen Z, and there's, there's some blurring between it all, um, but they're, they're looking at this generation and where they're heading, but I would say, so we are praying for the youngest, like our elementary school kids and under, because that, that seems to be like a target right now of the enemy, right? There's so much going on. It's, again, it's not hard to see. Or like, what in the world is happening? Why in the world is this happening? And that's what we should ask. Instead of getting stuck in what in the world is happening, this is terrible. Yes, it is. We are concerned. You should be. What are we going to do about this? Stop for a moment and ask ourselves the question, why in the world is there such a target on these young kids except that God has such a profound plan for Gen Alpha? And the devil's like, no. But God has a profound plan. You know what he's going to do? You know what he wants to do? He promised he would do is pour out his spirit. So we were praying. Um, on a Wednesday night for Gen Alpha, and in my mind, uh, you know, we're just praying for God to break in, for light to break in on darkness, all the things, you know, because you feel like I got my kids, you know, and I have the funds I can try to influence, but what about a whole generation? What do I do? Well, that's why we pray. Um, God loves to do it, but the promise that kept coming is he promised to pour out his spirit, and we're praying this, and I begin to get in my mind this vision. I see like a boy in his bed, and I see the voice of the Lord coming. I'm like, oh, that's Samuel. That's the story of Samuel. And the story of Samuel is so compelling because he was offered to the Lord, but it was in the midst of a very wicked time. Even the, the Levites and priests were corrupt. At that time, they weren't following the Lord. They didn't know the voice of the Lord. And so God himself steps into the young boy's bedroom and starts whispering his name. Hey, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. So I see this picture. I'm like, oh, I think that's what God wants to do. God wants to call them out like Samuel. He wants to speak their name in the midst of, and it was nighttime, right? It's such a prophetic picture. Like He wants to speak their name in the midst of the darkness. And I'm like, here, and I'm seeing it. I'm ready to pray it. And awesome prayer warrior, our sister Teresa in the back, she comes up and she starts praying, Lord, let them be like Samuel. Call out their names in the night. And I was like, ah! I didn't really do that, but on the inside, (laughs) it's the word of the Lord. But it is. I think it's the word of the Lord. You know, we can see darkness is not hard to see, but what God wants us to see is his plan his purpose. There is a calling on a generation. They are not lost to God. The voice of the Lord can visit them in the darkness, even if they don't have one of us to share Jesus with them. The voice of the Lord can meet them in their bedrooms at night. He can meet them on their devices. He can meet them however he wants to and he wants to meet them. There is a mighty calling on a generation like Samuel, who became a righteous prophet in the land. What if we could believe that it's not just one that he would call forth, but an entire generation? Because I believe that's what will happen before Jesus returns. And I don't know about you, but everyone I talk to thinks Jesus is coming back pretty soon it would seem to me that those born from 2014 on or somewhere thereabouts are probably very likely to be the ones standing saying, come Lord Jesus, come, when he actually comes. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. There's another, I just wanna say this last piece, and then we're gonna pray, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray for Gen Alpha, there's an Old Testament verse, and I don't remember what it is, but it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that part we see, right? That's what we're watching before our very eyes. God says, I raise up my standard against it. Can that be our narrative? Can we be people of faith, people of hope, people of love? When we look at it, remind yourself, Holy Spirit, help us. Remind us that you have a plan that you have a promise, that no no matter how deep the darkness may come, God's standard will overcome. God's standard will win. God's word will remain. He will pour out his spirit, and he will redeem, I believe, a generation. Let's stand together. Uh, Justin, if you wouldn't mind. I want to pray two things. First, we want to pray. I just want to pray along these lines. Um, for the young generation. We don't just have to believe for Gen Alpha. I think Gen, Gen Z's in there. I think we're all in there. Uh, <laughs> but we see the target on the young ones. We want to pray for the young ones today. We want to pray that they would hear the voice of the Lord. We want to pray that God would visit them, that he would capture their hearts in the, in the midst of darkness where they're searching for identity. Where are they going to find it? They're going to find it in Jesus. We want to pray for them. And then... We want to pray for us. We want to say, Lord, come, fill us again. Can we do that? Can we do that together? Whenever you're ready back there, guys. And I'm going to invite up if Meredith, Marvin, if you guys would like to help lead in prayer for Gen Alpha as we come to the Lord, pray with me. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in this hour that we live. We believe you have a plan. You have a purpose. God, and we thank you that we get to live in days like this. We thank you that we get to live in the hour where you continue to pour out your spirit. We could have been anywhere in this thing. We could have lived uh, in the days of... Uh, the wandering in the wilderness. We could have lived in the days of the dark where there was no word of the Lord present. No, we get to live in this age where you are pouring out your spirit on planet earth and we are recipients, glad recipients of it as your gospel goes to the ends of the earth. Thank you, God, for allowing us to live in this hour. God, and I thank you that you're imparting to us faith for a generation even right now. We thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for the young ones in the United States of America. We just want to lift them up today. The young ones, the elementary age, God, the the 12 and unders. Today, we want to lift up before you and ask that you would come. Come, Lord, and pour out your spirit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, God, I thank you that um, there's not a single negative, dark, false narrative that's been spoken over this young generation that is of your heart. God, I pray would you instill in the older generation so so much faith for the young generation. God, would you use my generation and older to speak identity over these young ones and to believe with so much faith that this is not a lost generation. you, in the name Thank of Jesus, you, we just prophesy and speak over Gen Alpha that yes. they will be ones who follow live. in the footsteps of yes. the Church of Acts, yes. that they will Declare walk the and operate in signs and wonders Hallelujah. and miracles. Yes. They For will see spirit. healings. They For will see spirit. revivals. Our they our will spirit. be the ones who walk in footsteps, who are so following after the nature of Jesus yes, Christ. God. God, would you capture their hearts yes, in the Secret place. Yes. God, I pray would you instill in Gen God. Alpha a desire to seek you and gaze upon your yes. beauty more than they yes, desire God. to gaze upon their phones or hey, technology. Yes, God, God yes, would you instill yes, in Gen God. Alpha a desire to love every nation, tribe, and yes, tongue, God. every people group, every denomination with the heart set on fire yes, that God. is so reflective of you. God, we just say Let's they go. are not a lost generation. Thank they you, will be yes. the generation who seeks your face and ascends the hill of the Lord, O God of Jacob.
2: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, we bring Gen Z before you, Lord, and we're asking God that you would do a new thing in a generation, Lord, that you would encounter them in such radical ways that it uh, it would be historic in the way that Gen Z responds uh, to your call to your son, Lord. I'm asking, Lord, that there would be a, a new Jesus revolution, a new Jesus movement. Lord, that you would breathe upon Gen Z. Lord, that you would move in their hearts, that you would release dreams and visions the angelic realm Lord uh, the activity of the supernatural oh, Lord, God yes. we're asking that you would encounter yes. a whole new generation with the love of Jesus that they would understand that they are loved Jesus, by you yes. and that they would understand and feel that love by the power of your Hallelujah. spirit Hallelujah. because Lord you say in your word that it's the love of God that's poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, Holy spirit. and so Lord Holy we're asking spirit. for a whole generation to have a fresh encounter with the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, because he's the one that exalts Jesus. He's the one that brings us to Jesus. He's the one that reveals Jesus and exalts him and glorifies him in the human heart. So Lord, we're asking for a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit, Lord, that Jesus would be magnified, that Jesus would be glorified. In a generation, in Gen Z and in Gen Alpha, Lord. Yes, God. Pour out your
3: spirit. Yes, God. Just like you promised. Raise up the greatest generation who's ever lived. Pour out your spirit. Just like you promised. Raise
0: up the greatest generation. Let's sing this
3: together. Pour out your spirit, just like you promised. Raise up the greatest generation. Pour out your spirit, just like you promised. Raise up, up the greatest, greatest generation, generation that is ever lived. Pray with faith. Pour out your spirit, out your spirit is, God. Just, just like, like you promised. Raise
0: up, raise up the greatest, greatest generation,
3: generation
0: that we've ever, ever seen. Now, like we've never seen, Lord, pour Great out your spirit. That
3: ever ever raise up the greatest generation has ever lived. Raise up the greatest generation, generation Raise up the greatest generation who's ever lived. Raise up the greatest generation who's ever lived.
0: All right. Now, as we close, we're going to pray for us. Just hold out your hands if you're comfortable doing that. And we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, fill us, fill us again. Just position your heart in faith. To ask the Father for what He has already promised, He wants to give to you. Father, come and fill us with your Spirit, even now, again and again and again. Pour out your Spirit on me, pour out your Spirit on us, pour out your Spirit through us, and do us. With your power from on high, that we could be what we would never be in our natural selves, so we could be empowered from heaven to live as witnesses of your kingdom on earth. Come now, come now and fill us with your spirit. Come and fill us with your spirit. Just take one moment right here, 30 seconds. Ask him with your own voice. From your own heart, say, Lord, come fill me with your spirit. I want to be filled. I want to be being filled. I want to be filled daily. I want to live in the promise that you made to me. Just lift your own voice right where you are. 30 seconds. Come, Lord, come. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Yes, Father. Hallelujah. Pour out your spirit on us again, Lord. Yes, God. Thank you, God. Yes, God. Now we're praying this for us. and pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Just like you promised. Raise up the greatest generation who's ever, until the day of your return, pour out your spirit, just like you
3: promised. Raise up the greatest generation who's ever, one more time, pour out your spirit, just like you promised. Raise up the greatest generation. Lived, pour
0: out your Just, Just like, like you, you promised,
3: promised. do Raise it in us.
0: Yes, Father, we say, do it in us, do it through us. We are nothing, but you are everything. We say yes to your plan, to your promise. And to your purposes in our generation. Fill us again with the Holy Spirit. Fill us again with faith and hope and love. In Jesus' name, if you agree, you say amen. All right, I'm going to speak a blessing over you. We're going to end. um, But if you want extra prayer or if you have need for prayer in your body, we expect God to meet us in healing. Or if you need breakthrough, the prayer team is going to be right over here. On my left, your right. So come on up after service and uh, let's agree with you in prayer. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Turn his face towards you and grant you his peace amen and amen bless you all thank you Jesus
2: Put down your weekly email again.